Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to another exciting episode of Music is Everything. This is the podcast where I take a musical idea or theme or philosophy or opinion or all of those and uh, I expound on it both verbatim and off the cuff and I connect it to everyday life. If you like this podcast or my other podcast, Music Is Not A Genre, or my recorded or live music or anything on this YouTube page, please take a moment to subscribe. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, I love expanding the family, expanding the bubble. And uh, if you think someone you know might like something that you see here or the site in general, please copy and paste the link and share it with them. Share it with everybody. Post it on your, you know, social media page. Uh, let everybody know what I'm doing, whatever the hell that is. And uh, thank you for that. And thank you for subscribing. Uh, this week, uh, only one housekeeping note, which is uh, my band t-shirt came in needs a little bit of a fix up here so it's like a test run but uh you get the idea this is my band rex logo prominently displayed on this t-shirt uh which will also be featured in a in a show that i'm doing this saturday night as of the taping of this uh which is not live but the show will be live. This week's topic, I'm going to get right to it now. It is the identity bubble expanding what it means to be you. Several years ago, I wrote and recorded a dark folk song called You Can't Touch Me, in which part of the chorus states, this face you see is not my own, this body not my real home, etc., etc., then gets kind of depressing. The point of those two lines, though, was to illustrate the idea that a person's real identity is not what you see or here. The surface is only a snippet of the whole truth. It's impossible for anyone to, to reveal their identity in totality. The complete human is way too complex for that to ever happen. Plus, none of us even know ourselves 100%. That's all fine. Part of the joy and pain of living is the constant self-discovery, along with the parts of ourselves we choose to let others discover intentionally or not. The only thing we don't want to happen is for some other person or entity to tell us what we can and can't share or who we can and can't be. It should be up to us alone to decide all of that. Hell, it's already hard enough to figure out without the external constraints. Sure, fear can hold us back, but that's part of who we are too, if we choose to go that way. In essence, while full self-discovery is wonderful, if as ephemeral is true perfection, anything we are by birth or choice, including our flaws and fears, is and should be 100% fine. Which means when we come across someone who has made a conscious choice 
to actively flesh out as much of their identity as possible, we're deeply affected, impressed, scared, titillated, weirded out, blown away. The feelings are strong in all directions. Think of David Bowie, Prince, Madonna, Lady Gaga. The never-ending search for them wasn't so much about discovering other facets of their identity as it was or is expanding the bubble of who they could be, of bringing in more and more to what it means to be them regardless of convention or social or media or industry or even fan pressure. Society has taught us to define who we are early and often and stick to that until we die. And again, if it's your choice to comply, then that's cool. But even then, parts of all of us bristle when we hit that membrane that supposedly separates us from not us. Here's the truth. It doesn't exist. Or if it does, it's because we put it there. We decide every day what's in our identity bubble and what isn't. What external definitions we want to fight against and disprove and which ones we accept. Who we are, whether as people or artists or you name it, is as boundless as we want to make it. It's not defined by roles or relationships or appearances or labels or genres, except for those which we choose to say yes to, consciously or not. As a musician, a creator, and as a human, I work endlessly to expand my bubble, to define and redefine purely at will. I make music now that I couldn't and wouldn't have even 10 years ago. And 10 years ago, I made music I couldn't and wouldn't have 10 years before that. Uh, this is a scrolling issue and I will do it right now. Yes, there's a core consistency in who I am. My lifeline that snakes through everything I am and do. It's so far inside that I have no idea how to put it into words. It guides me by vibrating every time I choose well, every time I choose connection over division. We all have that lifeline. And the bigger our identity bubbles get, the closer to infinite our lifelines become. Now, this is not to in any way discount the fact that there is uh, societal and systemic pressure on uh, many different people and groups of people that make it nearly impossible for them to take this journey. You know, this is a, this is a privilege. It's something that we should be grateful for. If any of us are able to do this or admire the people who do this, that's a huge privilege uh, because it's not because uh, everyone doesn't have the capacity to, because they do. I think everybody has the capacity, even people who are super closed off. But life circumstances may not allow you to take the time to go there. You just just surviving, just day to day, you know. So I wanted to kind of you know make that qualification there. But let's say so. But let's say that you are part of the group, uh, or you admire an artist who is part of the group who is into this idea of identity being a construct and uh, that expanding the bubble is expanding your identity. And we, you know, we're talking a lot about expanding the bubble these days because of, you know, COVID and all that and, and that kind of physical bubble. Well, I think internally it is equally as possible and equally as scary in some ways, but equally as vital to, exp you know, to, to expand that bubble, to expand the idea of what you are and what you, you know, what you aren't. 
uh, or to expand the idea of what you are so that what you aren't actually diminishes, you know? And there are certain things that you actively choose and very consciously choose or subconsciously to say, no, that's not me. That's not me. We, we all do that, you know, um, whether as people or as artists. And uh, that's cool. But I think more often than not, the mistake is made in the other direction. More often than not, what ends up happening is that we take, that was my dog, Olga, we take uh, the idea that we are X as such a, such a strong, not even a membrane, but as a wall that we don't even consider the things out on the other side that we could possibly be. And that to me, it's a, it's, it's a shame. It's sad. You know, I think that all of us, whether we know it or not, do actually expand our bubbles as, as we grow. I mean, there are some people who close off more and more and I'm very sad for them and that's a shame, but I do think more people, the more life you experience, the more you kind of have to expand your bubble to a certain extent, but there is a great kind of beauty in doing it consciously and knowing that you're gonna take a step forward past that, you know, non-existent membrane or the membrane you put there on purpose and say, now this is me, now this is me. It could be something as simple as I'm gonna do yoga and I've never done that before. I'm gonna get into a relationship and that's not the kind I've been in before. I'm, you know, I'm going to announce some you know, thing about myself that I haven't told anybody or, or anything like that. Or, or art, you know, artistically, there are so many examples in every, in every medium. Uh, I'm always most, most specifically talking about music but, you know, non-musically, you can say, you know, Picasso, he started out as actually a pretty conventional painter, and then you could see where he went, you know, things like that. And those are all conscious choices. Dali, you know, same thing. Um, but as far as, as far as music goes, it again points to people who understand that music is not a genre, who understand that music is the totality of experience as you see it, as the artist sees it, and, and it should, I think, be the totality of experience as a fan or a listener sees it or hears it as well. Um, you know, to get more concrete, I mentioned, uh, I mentioned Bowie and Prince and Lady Gaga and Madonna, right? So I know all of those, but I, you know, I guess I know Prince the most, you know, Bowie the second most, then Madonna and Lady Gaga. And the, thing, and the thing I think that we're finding, even with Lady Gaga, who's much, much newer than the rest of them, is that when we take this journey with them, when we see, let's say, I'm going to say Bowie in particular, uh, he started out as kind of a British folk artist. And then he went into something a little more like rock and psychedelic. And then he changed again for Ziggy Stardust. And he changed again for, you know, Station to Station. And again for his uh, Berlin trilogy. And then again in the 80s when he went, you know, in, in some ways super pop, but in his own way. And then again for Tin Machine. And each time he changed, we were like, oh, he's reinventing himself. He's reinventing himself. And I mean, you could describe it that way. But to me, it isn't about reinvention. It's about what I'm talking about to, you know, today, which is uh, just adding more to the, you know, adding another Lego to the, to the human building that you are. You know, like, you were just kind of growing outward and expanding inward, too, by saying, okay, I'm deciding this is me now, whether it's a, whether it's a certain fashion that again, Bowie, you know, took on, or I think even more importantly, of course, or persona, or most importantly, the music itself, there, he never said, I can't do this, this isn't me. If he decided it was something he wanted to do, then he did it, and it became him. And while it was happening, we might have thought, 
whoa, 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 he's going in all different directions. And in, and in certain ways, you know, I guess um, artistically, you can say that, that he was, but, but not really. Because in hindsight, when you look at all of it, you look, when, you look, when you think Bowie, do you think uh, there were 15 different Bowies? No, not anymore. What you think of is that all was Bowie. The entirety of all of that was Bowie. The way he did what he did was his sort of through line. You know, the way he approached things, whether he had fear or not, he did them. You know, whether he was going through other things in his life or not, including death, he did them. You know, and now we see Bowie as that. We Now we see Prince as somebody who didn't just do, uh, you know, funk. He did, he did New Wave. He did rock. He did, you know, roots music. He did more electronic music. He did hip hop and all of that stuff. He did it with and without collaborators and the whole thing. It wasn't, I mean, shift, sure, shifting gears, but it wasn't I'm reinventing myself. It's he was just becoming more of who he was, becoming more him and more him and more him. And my contention here, not just artistically, where you clearly know that music is not a, a genre and we shouldn't be so rigid in the lines we draw between things, but I think globally, in terms of the world, the thing, especially as we're seeing the changes that are and hopefully will be happening now, you know, there would be a whole lot less of the us and them mentality if we stop believing in the myth of me, in the myth of, myth of us as opposed to them, but, but particularly the myth of the individual. I'm not saying... There aren't, you have, you don't have autonomy or that you, you know, have boundaries that you create between you just as you and others as a sign of respect and whatever. What I'm saying is the myth of the, let's say, concrete individual, the myth of the idea that you are X type of person, but not Y type of person. When in reality, and I'm saying this across the board 100%, the X and the Y and every other letter of the alphabet all have things that connect, all have things in common, all have things that overlap. We are all like Venn diagrams of each other, you know, with different uh, size circles and all that stuff. And all of those little circles are encompassed in the giant bubble that I, that I say should and hopefully will keep expanding. And that's been, you know, part of my purpose for this whole thing is to kind of get rid of divisions, get rid of lines, get rid of boundaries and membranes and walls, and to show where these connections lie. And this to me is just another way of thinking of that, that, that um, identity, again, going back to the beginning, is, is a construct. Identity is what we say it is. And if we let our fear tell us that our identity is so foreign to what someone else or some other type of person's identity is, that's honestly, that's on us. And I think that is what creates most of the strife in this world, most of the conflict and most of the division and and oppression and things like that. Everyone on all sides, you know, it would benefit the world and and all of us, The you know, if we open up to the idea more that our identities are fluid and our, and our bubbles if you've ever seen two like bubbles that you blow that kind of all of a sudden connect and merge and there's still two bubbles but they're now linking together that's seven point whatever billion all the bubbles like that are all connected so thank you for listening this week uh thank you for reading thank you for clicking and sharing watching and subscribing and uh, i will see you next week 
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.